Welcome to Real Talk JavaScript, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walleen, Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Real Talk JavaScript. This is an episode about JavaScript and social economic reform. We're actually going to cover a lot of topics today, uh, including social economic reform and also some cool new websites that have come out. Uh, a new friend of mine I've met in the last year is one of our guests and an old friend who's a friend I've had for a while. That's probably a better way of saying it. I was going to say, no, I'm an old friend. <laughs> one foot in the grave, John. <laughs> you know, if I've known you for more than a decade, I consider you an old friend. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. You could be 11. I... <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I, I have the mind of an 11-year-old. And the body uh, of 111. So there you oh, go. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't know, I, really know where to take that. I was going to ask you how you're doing, but... <laughs> well, I need new parts. <laughs> <laughs> Not your Tesla, but you. No, no. I, my Tesla's going great, but... Uh, I, I really think you need to open a blog up about your Tesla, because every time I talk to you, you've got some new cool thing to share with me that I've never even heard about. Uh, I, I know, I know. But speaking of Tesla land... I don't know if you know about Rich Rebuilds. He's like one of my favorite YouTubers. Uh, and he takes, uh, he, like he, he, he pulled a couple of Teslas out of, the, out of the swamp and rebuilt them and all this other stuff. But he seems to get on, on uh, Tesla's nerves or in the Tesla community's nerves. And he just put, he just put out a, a video that said, I'm giving up on, you know, I sold my salvaged Tesla and I'm going to do a gas thing. And he did a whole video on this. And the Tesla community went nuts on him and, and cited it as being somehow offensive. And, and <laughs> YouTube took it down. <laughs> and, and then he, so he called YouTube and he said, what's up with this? I didn't even swear this because he usually swears heavily. And, uh, uh, and they said, you're right. All right. They put it back up. And then the crazy YouTube community attacked it again and said it was in violation of policy. And they took it down and again and he gave up. Anyway. That's the madness we live in. I just found Rich Rebuilds on YouTube, at least his channel. So I put that in the show notes so folks can kind oh, of Oh, we've to got that. to do that. He is one of my favorite YouTubers ever. Just amazing. Well, you know, one of my favorite community folks is a new friend of mine um, who I've known for less than 10 years, Ward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> his name is Justin E. Samuels. Justin, how are you doing today? Doing good, John. Doing good, Ward. Thanks for having me here today, guys. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And and for those out there who may not have heard of Justin, we put his Twitter handle up on our show notes. And here's a little more information about him. Justin Samuels is a technologist, a digital influencer of all things software engineering and the underrepresented groups in technology. Having started both the Render Atlanta conference to amplify the presence of developers in the South with an emphasis on culture and inclusion as well as the in-streaming color telethon to raise contributions for underrepresented groups during crisis. Justin is now seen as a pillar in the local Atlanta global engineering community as a force to represent community building and engineering excellence. He's also a full-time engineer at MailChimp in Atlanta, where he helps empower small businesses on their marketing platform. Welcome, Justin, to the podcast. Appreciate it, appreciate it. And dang, that sounds like a very good uh, bio. I need to I need to make sure I pay whoever typed that up. So 
That sounded good. That sounded great. That sounded there's, great. There's a lot to live up to in there, Justin. Yeah, man. Like all I all I told the person was, I like to eat a cereal. I like to write code, and I like to do cool stuff. And then next thing you know, it sounded like I'm like a Zeus or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you're. I think you're about to hold my feet to the fire now, man. We're going to hold them to the fire, but before we get your feet in the fire, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be where you are now? You're kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, you're a young stud. So how did you get here? Yeah. So I came through the traditional background. So I'm a, a college educated, um, a graduate from the a great school called uh, Mississippi State University down in Starkville, Mississippi, Hill State, for anybody watching or anybody tuning in, I should say. Um, but um, I had always grew up with a passion or a or a inclination towards like all things electronics. So from the earliest days that I could call back, um, my dad always had a come computer in the household now he's your Mm. he's your typical older dad where he doesn't really understand what a computer was but he was like it's a cool thing so i'm just gonna have it but that computer was actually one of the very first imacs back in the day one of the old school macintosh you know like the huge yellow ones like so i used to hop on there and i used to play games I do want to say that one of the games that I played on there was the Oregon Trail. So for anybody that is tuning in, I still haven't got my cart across that path yet. So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, to cut a very long story short, I got my very first taste of code when um, I was on... MySpace. I used to get on MySpace and create themes, create other kind of backgrounds and other kind of edits for people. I didn't even know I was doing code, but it was just a way that I was the coolest kid in the whole classroom. I got to school and I was a chemistry major. Well, that didn't really last too long. It's cool and all. It was easy. I was getting all A's in my classes, but it was boring as hell. So I had wait. You you found chemistry easy? Yes. Like that. Yeah. That is one class that I I wanted to find easy because I love science and man, I I just I, finding a bit into my psyche. I did awful at chemistry. <laughs> that was the one. That was the washout class at college when I when I had a <laughs> fantasy about becoming a, a physician or something like that. Yeah. And that was how they all the people that wanted to go to medical school they wanted. You you think you want to go to medical school? We'll show you. And they throw you into organic chemistry. So we've already established that Justin is much better at chemistry than Ward or I am. <laughs> so, so, and Although, John, you have great chemistry. I want to just- <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So, like, the crazy thing about this, too, is it all goes back to what your foundation is. I had a, a great high school chemistry teacher. Her name was uh, Mrs. Simmons. So if she's watching, she was a teacher. I mean, she, she was an educator in Henry County High School back in the day. A great teacher. Um, it made a chemistry easy. I took a Chem 1, Chem 2, O-Chem, O-Chem 2. Got all A's and all those. Easy classes, right? Um, but 
um, it was boring as hell. I just couldn't see myself always in like the uh, lab conjuring up stuff like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a chemistry major tuning in right now that's like, that's not boring. Typing on a computer all day is boring. Anyways, though, um, I walked past a, a poster. It was in the college. Of- they'd be wrong. They'd be wrong. <laughs> so, so, so I walked past a, a poster. It was in the College of a, a Business. And then the College of Business had a poster that had talked about, are you good at, at um, a business? Which is true because my dad owns a, a business. So from a, a very young age, I was always involved in the family business. Then it asks about, do you want to do cool stuff on the com- computer? I'm like, okay, cool. And then the rest is history, pretty much. That's how they got me hooked. And um, they talked about the cash, too. I'm like, okay, cool. So I always tell people that, you know, a programming is one of them things where it's a hobby, but it's a very well-paying hobby. Um, that's just the yeah. nature of it yeah. for me. Did you go through a, a computer science uh, department or did you just come to it after college? Yeah. So it was the College of Business had a bachelorette program called Business Information Systems, which is the, uh-huh. which is the more um, a business savvy side of CS. So I didn't take like a data structures class in that college. I didn't take an algorithm design class in that college. You learn the art of going to a business, hearing the problems that they have, and then making a engineering decision on what they need to do to overcome those problems. To help me overcome any computer science background, I had got a, a minor in CS. So that's why I took like the introduction to like algo, introduction to computer programming, you know, um, discrete structures, all of that. Um, so yeah. It's interesting. I, I took, I actually took five years through college because I, I switched in the middle and I started off with a, cause I didn't, I didn't know. I just, I knew I wanted to program, but I didn't know what that meant or where to go. And so I actually went to schools for business information systems as well. Nice. Uh, to start. Uh, and then I got an internship in my second year with IBM. Oh. It was like all the rage back in the 90s when I went to college. The 90s? And yeah. Dang, man. <laughs> I thought you went to school like in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. And when I went, it's funny, when uh, I got that internship and IBM, the funny thing was, I about two months into the internship, I realized something really important. I knew nothing. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what this job was about. And I got worried. And I think a lot of it was because the internship I got was all involved with like, you know, hands-on at the computer. And uh, I was taking a lot of classes that were about business, which I enjoyed, you know, management, marketing, things like that with computers. Right. Uh, I actually ended up switching in my last two two and a half years were uh, a software development major. So I, I had both sides of it. Sounds like you've had a little bit of both sides as well. Exactly. And like, that's the cool thing about the school. It's very different. Yeah. And that's cool thing about the uh, program I came up with where they taught you how to code, 
but they taught you how to code from a objective point of view, meaning here's what the problem is that's currently in that uh, business. You need to build a engineering answer to get them over that a problem. Here's how you could do that. So it was the same thing as doing CS. It was just you didn't go down to the theory. So you couldn't ask me what was like um, a big O. You couldn't ask me what is the big data. You can ask me stuff like that. But when I got into the computer science minor, that's when it amplified everything else I had knew at that time. Um, And then also for anybody else that's also tuning in, it took me six years to graduate because I switched my actual major over 20 times. Kid you not. I had about 200 credits when I was about to graduate. All you need is 120 to graduate. So I switched majors that many times. That's what I'm impressed about now. I'm like, you you could have had a couple degrees. That's... Yeah. Wow. 200 credits. That's a lot of classes. Yeah. I've only. You guys are all too good for me. <laughs> Justin. Justin has a lot of class, Ward. Oh, my yeah, God. That's what he just told us. Yes. I, I mean, <laughs> on I, that I note, Ward, I'm sorry, but it's time to take a word from our sponsors. So, John, one of the things I like about AG Grid, which is a, a data grid component for the kind of complex uh, grid scenarios that we encounter all the time in enterprise apps. One of the things I really like about it is that it works for a variety of frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, or or just vanilla JS. Does that ring a bell for you? Oh, it really does. There's all these different companies that I work with where they have no choice but to use a lot of these different tools because they have different teams working on them. So being able to port their code or share that code and that technical investment they have is really important to them. Yeah, well, it's important to us, uh, ideally, we're a consulting company, and you know, we never know what our client's going to want to use, Angular, React, Vue, but they're all going to need a grid, and it's great to be able to reach for uh, the one grid that works everywhere, AG Grid. You know what, and any size company, too, because you could have these teams that maybe they only use one framework, but eventually they're going to switch to another one and be able to take that investment again and use it, reuse it is really nice. So if a multi-framework grid makes sense to you, you should certainly go over there uh, and check out AG Grid at ag-grid.com and tell them Warden John sent you. And we're back. And we were just talking about how Justin has a lot of class and Warden is about to explain to us his class. Well, I didn't know he could get through, I didn't know you could get through college in just six years. It took me forever. Uh, <laughs> but, you, you know, <laughs> a lot of people take a while. Like I, when I was... Uh, we were interviewing schools for my daughter, who is who's starting college in about a month. I saw that. And one one of the things, yeah, she's. I'm all excited for her. And one of the things that they, uh, one of the colleges talked about was the average length it takes them to. I think it was USF in Tampa, in South Florida. They're like the average student takes six and a half years to graduate through this major. And my daughter looked at me and she goes, "I don't want to be there for six and a half years. Like it's fine to take that long, mm-hmm. but like." to tell a student right out of the gate that she got a little worried thinking, well, what if I change my major? Does that mean I'm there for 13 years? She's looking forward to paying that. Yes, uh, she did. The, and she is a math person. So she was like, yeah, I, let's plan on foreign. If it goes longer, it goes longer. Well, the thing about it too is, so I switched from chemistry, then I switched to a business, then I switched to a culinary over to um, a, a French, then back over to a culinary, 
then down to new attrition, then over to business with the information systems. Then I picked up that actual like a minor. So in the end, I probably could have qualified for a ton of more minors. I was just like, nah, I'm okay. Want to, you know, graduate at this point. Well, it certainly shows that you've, uh, you know, the thing about that is that it shows you have a passion for a wide variety of things in life. And that seems to align with the rest of your bio, which shows you uh, deeply engaged in, in a, a bunch of um, different things um, that are all sort of intertwined, but they're, they're broader than just programming. So that's kind of... Um, that kind of gets us to like, what was this? What is Render Atlanta that you did? Uh, what tell us about what Render? Yeah. So the whole story on how that uh, on how that began was, I was going to conferences like your average engineer all across the whole country. There wasn't really no conference down in the uh, south though at the time, and. Every time I went to a conference, I would have sponsors or the folks that were working at the booth tell me, how can I get more Justins? And I'm like, what is a Justin? It's like, well, a black engineer that actually knows their stuff and actually wants to come work at this kind of a company. That dives into a whole different part where that culture that they were trying to portray at the time was a, a pretty toxic culture where you had to come a form to how they wanted you to be. But ultimately, I was like, well, we're around. You just don't ever come to the right events that you would have find Black engineers at. So I started to think about this when I was on a flight home from a conference that I will not name on the um, West Coast. And I was like, you know, why don't we just do it in ATL? ATL is like the black capital of the whole uh, country. Some people are going to say that's not true. It's like, you know, a Charlotte. It's like uh, uh, Houston. But the culture is there in ATL that you don't experience anywhere else. And to be honest, ATL is like geared for black wealth. So I started to ask around, made a couple connections, joined a couple organizations, and then they were like, hey, if you want to do this, we will help you. We will help you build this because we understand what it could do, not just for the culture, but overall for every other tech ecosystem that is driven to help underrepresented communities across the whole country. So I broke ground on Render ATL in April 2019. It was just me for the first couple of months. And then I brought on a team, which is the same team that you see on the site today. Um, Rick, Monet, and Mehu. And I brought them on. And after we started talking, we had then really found what our calling was, which was to be a conference that shows the intersection of culture and tech, Uns unscripted, unbiased. So 
so that you, if you want to come here and talk to these high paying companies, such as uh, Shopify, who's going to be here, such as Etsy, that's going to be here. You don't have to code switch. You could just fail as you are, speak as you are. And now that answers, how can I get 20 other Justins come to ATL? Because we're everywhere here and they're going to be here. And I see that you, you, you started this site up. Uh, we talked last year in 20, what was last year? 2019. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so bad with dates <laughs> right <thing>. now <laughs> during this time. <laughs> so uh, you've had one event so far and this year's event is now in September. Is, is that correct? Correct. So due to our dear friend COVID, we had to move it out to protect the safe and the healthy of the, the attendees, the volunteers, the sponsors, to protect everybody. We decided the hard decision, not to say hard as in it was a, like no brainer, but hard because we had knew we were going to let some people down. We made the hard choice to move it to September 13th through the 15th of 2021. And is this going to be a virtual event in September or is it going to be in person? I just trying to pick it up on the website. It's going to be in person. That's why we moved it to 2021. Okay. 2021, yeah. Oh, yeah. 2021. Gosh, yeah. yeah. John, you got to get, get it with the year. Yeah, he's got to get the year right. Yeah. yeah. Justin, if you haven't picked up yet, I have no idea what date it is. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good, John. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're locked up, feel like time passes, you know? It's just uh, Normally, we'd cut that out, but I think it's good for everybody to know how silly I can be sometimes. No, no, it's pretty fine. But the crazy thing is, you're not the only person a whole a bunch of folks are like wait you just changed to september i'm like no no, no. 2021 they're like oh gosh. yeah because so, yeah. right now it's we're recording this in the beginning of july and i'm thinking oh yeah september that's two months away mm-hmm. like that what's gonna what's it gonna be like in the world i don't know probably probably not great uh but yeah in a year boy i hope we're in a great place so absolutely and i know you said that but again i apologize i <laughs> You're good. You're good. It's me. Not working, man. I'm excited. Wait a minute, though. There's chicken and waffles on the website. So I have to pull, I have to call this out. So, yeah. So, so, so the huge thing that I was passionate about was making sure that if you pay me to come, you don't have to worry about anything else while you're here. Meaning you shouldn't have to pay for any other food because when I was in college and I was going to these uh, conferences, you'll get some coffee, you'll get some uh, cantaloupe, some uh, honeydew in like a uh, breakfast bar. But then after that, you know, basically (laughs) stuff you can't eat. No human being should be eating that. Exactly. And then after you get that, you're on your own. And as a, a broke college kid, I used to pack my own like, or ramen or my own Easy Mac and go in my hotel room just eat that up. That screwed up the whole experience of the whole conference. I didn't want anybody else to like worry about that. So I had made it a point to include every single meal. On top of that, we're going to do everything very traditional, meaning all of the food is styled after a Southern flair. So like what John talked about, there's chicken and waffles on the menu. There's also a, a southern pork loin, a fried chicken, mac and cheese, collard greens. 
and it's all black uh, sourced. So we are true to the cause. We completely did everything a hundred percent black owned sourced. Nice. Um, and a tasty too. So, you know, you got me, you got me, you got me dripping here. You know, my, I'm salivating. Yeah, you know, it's uh, like, it's crazy. But, um, uh, Mike Harrington over at, um, Ionic, he was like, yeah, we know Mike. Yeah. He was like, oh, when I come, I'm going to also bring an extra size up of my pants because it sounds like I'm going to gain a couple pounds. <laughs> And it's true. Like, no, no, no. The know. real trick is just bring sweatpants with an elastic with waistband. And nobody <laughs> ever has to know. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I was just, uh, I was just sitting there thinking, um, this is great. Uh, now, um, I think I know where you were going to go, John, because I'm, we're looking there, and it has it's React at the top of the headline. Is is that because uh, you don't want those people who do Angular, like oh man, or, or so, you or something like that, like where or, or Alpine or Marco or yeah. oh my HyperApp God. or oh my god. <laughs> so so just to be honest, I've been doing you know React since twenty. 14-ish so you know since it was like a child um so yeah. i always had a, a natural inclination towards that ecosystem i used to hate angular deeply because i started off in angular when it was like first coming out we could get into why the old mbc model in angular was horrible um, but oh you and i man <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna duke it out dude right mvc rocks but, but, but... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, like, um, a good majority of the talks are on React. But we're also going to include other speakers, too, that isn't going to talk on React. They'll talk about more general engineering practices, such as, like, uh, Mike. He's a speaker there. Um, he's not going to be talking about React, I think. But um, his, talk is, his topic is more general. You even got like Angie Jones. She just became the first black female Java champion. She's going to be there doing her talk on something that's more general. It's not going to be on React. One of the things that I was extremely passionate about as a, as a previous member in the ACM, which is the Association for Com- Computing Machinery, um, I'm extremely um, hardlined with ensuring that the topics that are going to be presented is scholarly, meaning you're going to learn some real stuff that you would usually only get at a college type of in, in environment that it could then blend for everybody at all types of um, skill Levels. It looks like you got a really good uh, speaker lineup too. Just looking through there, several names have stood out to me uh, that I've seen speak around as well, and, and some that I haven't recognized too. But looks like a real good uh, lineup in there. So, looking forward to that. Um, I, I will say I am the most excited to hear Sophie because she's like a goddess. Like I wouldn't have the job that I do now if you know Sophie didn't join the. React team back in the day. So I'm pretty hyped to hear what she's going to be dropping on us. And Sophie Sophie Alpert used to work for Facebook on the React team. She was the manager of the React team, wasn't she? Yeah, like, you know, she had 
really contributed the bulk of what was getting us going in the early days. So yeah, like she paid the way for everybody else. I'll drop a link into Sophie Alpert's uh, Twitter uh, stream here. So if you're not following Sophie, definitely do so. Uh, lots of great stuff coming out of there. Because the because the crazy thing too, John, was when she had replied back to me, I was like stars struck almost because she doesn't speak much at all. You know what I mean? So everybody was like, hey, you have to get her. You have to get her. I'm like, I'm going to try, but I can't make no guarantees. And I hit her up like a c- couple of times. I had um, a Paris Athena uh, hit her up too. I uh, should shout out to her. You know, she, she helped me out with that. And I had a couple more people. And in the end, it had all paid off. And I am thankful every single day. And she's also a, a great person to ask questions to. So if you're on Twitter, ask her a question. So you know, you know, Justin, it's often hard to be both an organizer and a speaker. But will you be speaking at your own conference, or will you just be trying to keep hold it together? I, most people, by the way, who organize conferences don't speak because it's just too hard. But I was wondering if are, are you going to have a talk, or are you yeah. going to just try and hold it together? So I'm going to drop this on the podcast now. I am going to be speaking, but it's going to be a, a private a master class. I've been asked by other organizers across the country, across the globe, like, hey, how were you able to get all these sponsors? How were you able to get all these tickets sold? They just want to know, what do I know? And I'm going to do a a private masterclass that you have to be in in, invited to, where I'll break down all of my trade secrets on, here's how you get into this sponsor. Here's how you make this business a contact. I'll also drop this too. I do have a, a book coming out. It's going to be with a Wiley a publisher. So that's going to be coming out soon. I can't tell you the date yet. But yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. I'll break down all of that. Got a, a lot of things going on, Justin. Uh, one of the specific ones I definitely want to get to. We'll have to take a quick break first. We'll work from our sponsors, but we'll come right back to it. Raygun helps thousands of customer-centric software teams detect, diagnose, and resolve performance issues faster and more efficiently. And right now, just for a limited time, if you switch your application monitoring to Raygun, you'll receive up to $20,000 in free usage credit. There's never been a better time to switch. Save thousands and empower your team with the visibility and insights that they need to deliver a flawless customer experience. So, Go over to raygun.com slash switch to apply today for that $20,000 in free credit. That's raygun.com slash switch. All right, and we're back. And one of the things that you've been working on, Justin, over, gosh, again, time is not my friend lately, but I'm thinking over the last four or five weeks was you have built this website, rebuildblackbusiness.com. And it seemed to go up very quickly and catch a lot of uh, attention and do really, really well so far. I wanted to, to... give you a chance to talk to our audience about what that is. And, and also, how did you get, just think about the technology behind this too. So there's the social impact and also the technology that you had to put all this together very quickly and scale this. So what is it? So just to make a quick correction to the words you said, I didn't build it. I have a team of 
500 volunteers, which I'll get into where I got an army of other people to come help me out, um, which is a true, awesome. which is a true like uh, blessing. But I was at home watching everything going on in AOTL, right? What a lot of people don't know is I live in um, what's called Buckhead, which is a, uh, it's, it's a suburb in AOTL. Buckhead is known as one of the more uh, of affluent parts of ATL. Um, and I was just watching this stuff on TV and I was like, wow, I just walked around Buckhead and everybody is just acting like everything's okay. Um, meanwhile, only a couple of miles down the road, people are, you know, uh, fighting for a strong cause which we truly need, which is a police reform. So I go to bed, I wake up, and I hear like sirens going off. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Turn on the news. Across the street from me, there is a, a restaurant called Del Frisco's Grill. If you ever heard of Del Frisco, it's a really good steakhouse. But they have their grill version here. And I just ate there a couple hours previously. At that time, it was burning down. They had began setting a, a fire to it. On top of that, across down the block from me is a place called a Kroger. If you don't know what a Kroger is, it's a, it's a, um, a grocery chain. Um, and they began, you know, looting out death. But the thing that hit me the hardest was... One of my uh, friends who was just on the conference I did in Streaming Color owns a Black-owned clothing store not too far. It's actually in a, in a particular district called the Shops at Buckhead, which is an extremely ritzy area. If you've ever been to Cali, you've ever been down a row Dale Drive, it's the same exact thing. It's a complete... A replica. So you got all your high-end stores there. And um, his store is the only Black-owned store there. They ended up hitting that particular store, looting everything out. I mean, everything was gone. And he had to uh, pick up the uh, pieces via a go GoFundMe uh, campaign to the tune of about 100K. And he's an average Joe. Like, uh, you would not. He just, you know, gets the product and sells it back. So he didn't really have the money. And um, I see all these uh, threads on Twitter like, hey, help out this Black-owned business. It was just burned down or they had, like, looted everything. Help out this Black-owned business. Help out that Black-owned business. And I'm just there like, what can I do to help them out? At the time, I just came off of doing in-streaming color with uh, with um, uh, Paris. Um, that was a 25-hour a tele, a telethon that we did to raise campaign funding for other charitable orgs helping underrepresented minorities. So during those 25 hours, I had to be up every hour to actually a man getting everybody on and off. So I was tired, right? And I'm like, what can I do? And I said, well, actually, I work at this company called a mail channel. 
we have a, a CMS platform where you can easily drag and drag and drop things in to build an actual website. So I'm like, oh, okay. What if I just take all the Twitter lists that's being posted out there, build a quick website that could then house all of these businesses? So then, if John wants to go help them, they could he could go there, find it, and then when he finds it, it'll be easy to give to their campaigns. Well, some other uh, some other people who are extremely talented heard about it. I had made a, a Discord saying, hey, if you want to come help, come help me. I had about 10 people and then 20 and then 30 and then the whole entire floodgates open like, hey, how can I help? I think this is going to be great. This is what's going to help us at this time. And I had a reporter ask me like, wow, we had never seen anything like this, this type of like a protest. This is like a a nerd protest where, you know, y'all are out there on the streets, but y'all are via this kind of medium. And that's what it ultimately became for everybody that joined and helped out. Over 500 of them joined and helped out was they told me this is the way that we get to be involved in helping with the current causes going on. And that was a powerful to me. Yeah, I really like, uh, when I first started watching what you're doing this, I, I really liked the idea. And I'm, I'm just going to read the words off of your page here because I think it says it really well. But the idea behind this on the businesses page is, do you want to find a Black-owned business across the nation? We can filter businesses by type, location, and need. Businesses in need have been harmed by the ongoing social upheaval and your support will help them rebuild. I just think it's a great thing that you're doing, you and your team are, are doing for everybody here. And I'm just amazed um, being in this industry, being able to organize this kind of effort, first of all, uh, is huge. And then also to, th- to put the technology together and throw up a site that can scale large enough to handle all this uh, in a couple of weeks is also a big deal. So uh, kudos to you, Justin, on all this effort. It was crazy because I thought we'll get a hundred black owned businesses. I thought we'll get 200. We got over 14,000 in our database. Wow. That makes us the, that makes us now as of this time, the actual largest data aggregator of black owned businesses. Meaning you could go there, type in your name of your city or your zip code and find anything that you need. I had a young I had a young lady who was pregnant tell me, thanks to your website, I feel more confident in going to an OBGYN now. Because if you don't know, Black women have a higher mortality rate while they're pregnant because of the way that the medical system is, is like set up to fight against them. So they usually only do better with Black-owned OBGYNs while they're uh, pregnant. It's hard to uh, find them, though, because there isn't anywhere else to go. So now she's able to go there, type in her zip code, and then um, presto. There is a Black OBGYN that now she's confident in when she is ready to give birth. Um, 
on top of that too, the other thing that had touched me was I had complete code uh, newbies in there, meaning the whole project was open source. And they were scared and we're like, no, we got you. We have onboarding dots. We have docs on the dots. It is completely organized better than any job that you've ever been at. We got a project managers, a product managers, team leads. We got the whole entire structure down. And I had multiple people tell me that this is the best organized project I've ever been on in all of my years. When can we keep on going? Or this is the very first time I felt confident in contributing to an open source project. Now I have something that I can actually put on my resume. So yeah, it's been interesting. And Justin, just to give uh, some credit and highlight out to that GitHub repo, make sure I've got this correct. It's the github.com rebuild-black-business right. is the org and that's rbb-website. Correct. Okay, I'll drop that into the show notes too. Yeah, and the actual project is cut up to a, a front-end team and a back-end team and the design team, a business team. So even if, you, even if the person listening does not code, we have something that you can help out with. We are a complete business. And you can just go to join dot rebuildblackbusiness.com and you'll join our discord and it'll walk you through on everything that you need um also to drop this too that's great yeah and just to drop this too um i always think about what can i do to help other people get to the point that they need to get to meaning you want a better job how can i help you and I've been talking to my sponsors that are the sponsors of my uh, render ATL conference. They're talking to me now about coming to our upcoming demo day. And they're going to use the work that we're talking about and the work that we are doing on our upcoming drop to be a, to be a potential interview type of piece. Meaning, if you help with this a project, that could be your ticket into like a, a Shopify. That could be your ticket into like an Etsy. That could be your ticket into like a, a Goa a Daddy. All of those are sponsors right. at my conference right now. And it's an easy way to help you go from, you know, zero to actually working at these bigger companies, all from helping out in open source projects. Right. You're giving people a chance to show exactly. show what they can do. I see there's a lot of technology in here too. And you're, you're, I'm looking through the package, Jason, actually on the site. Like I see Cypress is in there and of course React and, and Gatsby uh, as the main pieces of it. But one thing I wanted to ask you too is, um, and this is me being me, <laughs> I love pre-commit hooks. And I noticed they've got Husky in here too mm-hmm. for... Uh, setting up a pre-commit hook, and this one's just doing some kind of a, a linting so you can stage the code. But I, f- I find very few repos that actually use these kind of uh, pre-commit hooks to actually do linting and testing and formatting and stuff. So I'm curious, you know, it was how much control did you have over this or how, how did you organize this structure given that there's, what did I see, uh, 30 or so contributors 
27, 38 contributors on the website right now. Yeah. My entire role for this whole thing was more from like a CTO slash a principal engineer point of view. Meaning I just made sure that, hey, a backend team, have you talked to the frontend team? Because I'm hearing two different things right now and y'all are about to just not, you know, meet up how you actually need to meet up. Or, hey, I could see that the backend team is having trouble and let me come help them out. You know what I mean? So I was more of like an overseer um, or like a, I will help you get to a market point of view. Because I tell you, this thing was on target for 24 hours around the clock. We got the whole thing up in only eight days, meaning they were working around the clock. We got folks all over the whole globe. But one of the things, one of the things that I told them from the jump was this needs to be automated as, as much as possible. Meaning if anybody else joins, we need to have a way for them to have confidence in anything that they're doing, which is like pre-commit hooks, testing, linting, all of that ensures that anything that they push up will be trusted. Justin, I really appreciate you sharing all this with us. We've covered covered a lot of ground today, um, but we also like to ask our guests and our hosts as well for their final thoughts for our listeners, which could be on the same topic or it could be something else entirely. Uh, let me start with you, Mr. Ward Bell. Uh, what are your final thoughts for our listeners on this day, whatever year it happens to be, since I can't remember anymore? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm actually finding this inspiring because, Justin, you've done, you've done it once, but you've done it twice, at least twice here with these two different projects. And in each of them, you, you know, I, I, I've been in the game a long time, and I sort of mutter to myself when something comes up, I'd really like to do something, but I don't. And um, you're only 11, remember? You've got plenty of time left. I'm only 11 yet. I got time. (laughs) I've got time left. Uh, But um, I think that what your story is telling me is that uh, that you really that you 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 don't have to be afraid. You can actually go from I'd like to do something to yeah, I'm doing something, and I don't have to know it all, and I don't have to do it all. All I have to do is be a spark, a catalyst, and a and a person with good sense to try and keep the, all of the the pieces moving to be to conduct it to coach it the way you've done. And I, you know, there's so many people who say I don't know what to I don't know what to do. And you don't just sit around and say I don't know what to do. You say I can do something. Exactly. And you went and did it. And that that is powerful. And uh, that's my that's my thought. Appreciate that, Ward. Uh, and Justin, what is your final thought for our audience today? My final thought. Um, honestly, I think Ward was just reading my brain the whole time. But it's uh, don't just talk about it. Be about it. Meaning, if you're talking about you want to help, there's a way for you to go help. If you're talking about you want to get better at anything or you want to do anything, there's always a, there's always a way if you are willing to put in the time and the dedication to get to that point. And I guarantee you, when, you're, when you are doing the thing, 
that you are passionate about and that other people thought that you couldn't do, you will get haters. You will get people that will talk about you're not humble. You will get people that talk about you think you are bigger than what you actually are. But if you just stay true to what you're doing and you make sure, here's the key point, you do everything ethically, meaning that you're not doing anything shisty, shady, you're actually doing it from the heart, you will always win in the end. So just don't talk about it, be about it, and actually do the damn thing. That's good advice. It's good advice. Just get up and uh, get involved. Sometimes it's just the best way to get moved forward. And my final thoughts for folks today is a little bit off topic. It is there's a new event coming out uh, relatively soon called Create Front End. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you can also check it out. It's going to be recorded around the world. It's uh, kind of a new front-end virtual event that we're hosting uh, from our Microsoft team. And I'll drop a link into the show notes so you can learn more about it. Justin Ward, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate the conversation today. And thank you, everybody, for coming back and listening to us. We're almost at 100 episodes here on Real Talk JavaScript. Almost. You'll hear from us every Tuesday morning. (laughs) Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Ward. And thank you, listeners. See you next time. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening to Real Talk JavaScript. This show and all of our shows are available at www.realtalkjs.com with links and notes. John and Ward would love to hear what you think, especially about potential guests and topics for future shows. Follow and send them a message on Twitter at RealtalkJS. 